Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast. Wishful thinking, manifesting, learning how to do that. Um, <laughs> the Honest Mess. My name is Julia Salagi, and I'm honestly too tired <laughs> right now to do any type of creative theme song or any improv to anything. I'm just, I'm beat, man. I am, there's no energy in me. I'm surprised I'm even like able to record this right now or just willing to record it. <laughs> um, I've been so fucking busy, dude. And I feel like I say that all the time and I kind of get sick of myself saying that. Like when people ask, oh, hey, how are you? And you're just like, busy, but good. That's like, that should be the subtitle of this podcast. <laughs> the Honest Mess. Busy, but good. <laughs> like the subtitle of this podcast, the subtitle of my life. I feel like I'm constantly, at least right now, just going through stuff. And it's not anything bad either. It's all really awesome um, stuff that I've been working on and growing towards. And um, as some of you may know, I just left my managerial job at um, the studio that I managed for almost two and a half years. And it's been a weird transition. It's something that I definitely definitely feel like I needed. I feel like I needed to kind of step out of that role and explore um, who I am as a yoga instructor now without having all the responsibility of the studio. I mean, I love it. I love Revival so much. In fact, if you're listening to this, Revival Naples is probably already open. So if you're in Southwest Florida, go take a class. It's beautiful. I'll be teaching there like six times a week. Um, so come and see us. But anyway, stepping out of that role was a big leap for me. It was a big decision that took a lot of back and forth, um, not just in my own head, but with um, my close friendships and relationships who I trust. And it just seemed like the best thing to do for both my mental health and my dreams, my goals, where I want to go with this profession. Um, like I said, yoga is my life. I <laughs> think about it like pretty much every waking second of every day. I seek out courses, I'm learning, I'm practicing, I'm reading, I'm taking classes. I'm just, this is something that I so deeply enjoy and want it to continue for the rest of my life as my primary focus of a career. And being a manager at the same time while trying to like do all of that and also manage a space was really, really difficult. And I felt at all times like I was having to decide between the well-being of the studio and my goals as an instructor. And 98% of the time, the studio won out because I have a lot of people relying on me. I had Carrie, my wonderful boss, and all the wonderful instructors there just relying on me to make sure that their voices were heard, their workshops were promoted. I mean, I could go into it forever. But I decided that, you know, I need to go. <laughs> um, it took a lot of therapy also to figure this out. I went into therapy, I remember one day, 
the first time I even talked about it with my therapist and she said, well, what's the worst that could happen? I'm like, well, I try to be a full-time yoga instructor and end up homeless and fail and that's it. She goes, okay, well, you could always go back to doing what you're doing now. (laughs) You could always go back to managing a studio. You know how to do it. Um, There's plenty of studios around who would need your expertise or your um, experience. You could always just go back to managing. I was like, huh, yeah, you're right. That makes sense. And that was kind of like a little bit of an aha moment. Like just because I'm stepping away from managing now doesn't mean that I can never go back to it in the future if, you know, this whole just teaching thing doesn't work out, which I don't plan on. I'm putting a lot of energy into just doing teaching. But anyway, she said, well, what also scares you? Like what also is so scary about, you know, taking this leap? And it took me a second, but then it came to me. And I was like, I'm scared of not doing it. I'm scared of being so far along in my life and looking back on this time where I had the urge to do it and kind of felt the pull to leave that position that if I weren't to do it, I would resent myself. She goes, well, you don't need me to tell you what the right answer is. So that's what I'm going through right now. I'm dealing with a lot of fear, um, fear of not making it in what it is I want to do. But again, there's a much greater fear of not trying. And I think that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm pushing my comfort zone. I'm stepping out. I'm trying things I've never tried before as far as like, stuff in my classes and workshops and promotional materials. I'm just like, I'm taking Instagram courses. Like, (laughs) I'm all in, man. I'm all in. My credit cards might be maxed out, but um, I did hear this one Tony Robbins quote one time saying that uh, if you don't spend money, you can't make it. (laughs) So every time I run my credit card for like another Instagram course or like hiring a professional photographer to take pictures for me, I'm like, Tony Robbins, I've got the power of Tony Robbins behind me. I'm trying to make it work. So at this point in my life, uh, it's been about uh, three weeks since I've stepped away from the position and I'm still in a pretty big transitional phase. I'm trying to figure out kind of what my new daily routine is since now I do actually have all this extra time from not having to do studio things. I'm like, how do I use this? (laughs) And I'll admit the first week it was a lot of eating waffles (laughs) and and uh, taking my dog on really long walks. In fact, that's one of my actually new favorite things to do since the weather here is getting so nice. I think around like four or five, it's been around like 70, 65, 70. And Tootsie loves being outside in the cool weather. So I've been taking her on these 45 minute hour long walks and I'll have my headphones on and just listening to like whatever book it is I'm reading or whatever podcast that interests me. And it's one of my new favorite things. It's kind of become a weird ritual. So I'm using that mindfully. I'm like listening to stuff that I know will benefit me and stuff like that. But um, yeah, the first week I was like, what the fuck do I do? (laughs) 
with all this time. It's like for almost two and a half years, I was like dreaming of being able to teach classes in the morning and then have the afternoon to like do what I wanted to do for myself. And now I have it and it's so confusing. (laughs) So that was another therapy session. I essentially am like paying Meredith, my therapist, to like be my business coach because she like wrote out an entire schedule for me, like a weekly schedule of like what like my like usual schedule is and then like what I'm supposed to do with those free times like I literally need a fucking babysitter to tell me what to do but whatever I'm paying her she can she's doing what I need to do on my dime uh so it's been interesting it's been fun I started at a new studio um teaching I'm still at Revival of course but I'm kind of branched out towards um, Bonita Springs area and I'm teaching at Joyful and everyone there has also been wonderful and amazing and really welcoming. Um, but yeah, it's hard to be a new instructor at a really established studio. I think they've been open almost like 15 years and some of the instructors they have have been there for almost as long, if not like for that whole time. So It's funny, I had a workshop yesterday and I had like two people come, which almost every one of my workshops at Revival Marco sells out. Like, and I'm not just like, like almost every single one of them sells out. And it's just because I have, I've had a presence there for three years and people know me and they know my intentions and they know that when they give me their sweet time and money that I'm going to fulfill what I promised them to fulfill and Uh, When you're at a new place where people don't know your name, they don't know what your deal is, um, you're asking them for two hours and $40 and asking them to trust you when they don't know you, it's, it's hard. So, you know, it's, it's a lot of humbling work, I think is a good way to put it. I'm, I'm re-humbling myself into kind of stepping back and, figuring out, okay, how can I reach this new population and have them get to know me in the most efficient way um, so that they do seek out my name on the schedule or they do come to my workshops and know that they can trust me with their time and money. So that's been hard. (laughs) I haven't had to do that for a long, long time. And it's tough, man. It's tough. I almost did a post about it today on Instagram about how difficult it is being a yoga instructor Um, because people sometimes look at your workshops and the stuff that you spend a lot of time on as like, you know, just like sometimes just something to do or even sometimes they'll ask, well, is this included in like my studio like class package? And you're like, no. And then they're like all confused about why they have to spend extra money to go to this other thing. But it's like, just know if you've ever been to like a workshop, not even in just yoga, but like something that someone has presented to you, um, whether it's an hour or two hours, they've put a lot of hard work, research and energy into that essentially presentation. 
I mean, that's what a yoga workshop is. You're presenting something to these people and you're having to keep them active and um, engaged for that one or two hours. And it's hard to do. (laughs) I was actually just talking to some of our teacher trainees, um, not last week in the boot, but the weekend before. And um, they were, I won't say any names, of course, but they were saying how, you know, like, how do you do this? How do you get up in front of a class of 20, 30 people and just talk? (laughs) Like, how do you do it? And I said, well, a lot of mental Xanax, (laughs) like reaffirming things and telling myself that I am worthy of being here and I have the knowledge and blah, blah, blah. Um, But truthfully, I am really not good at public speaking. Like, really not good. In college, in order to graduate, I had to take a speech course. And I'm almost positive, like, every student had to take a speech course to graduate. And I remember (laughs) shaking so bad. And this was a classroom of mm, maybe 12 people, dude. Like, and people, like, I knew. Like, some of them I knew, of course, like, just from being in the class and, like, People knew me, so it wasn't like I was in a room full of strangers, and I was shaking so effing bad. I was sweating like a bitch, and I remember getting out of the class and getting into my car, calling my best friend, and being like, I, like, physically, I, like, can't drive right now. Like, I, I'm shaking, like, literally in this moment right now, like, as I speak, I'm shaking right now thinking about it. Like, I remember having my foot on the, um, like, near the gas, like, having it just shake in front of it. I'm like, okay, it's probably not safe to drive at this moment in time. Told you I'm too tired to make a commercial, but I've been talking for 13 minutes straight. So here's a break from the babble, a break from the babble. Here's some music to break up my story. So yeah, I've never been great at public speaking. And if you notice, if you come to my classes in the beginning, like usually you like say like, hello, like my name is Julia, like welcome to this class or whatever. Um, And I'm more than likely staring at the floor or at my phone as I speak or or like, like trying like to figure out music and Um, I'm very rarely looking at everybody because I'm so uncomfortable with that kind of attention. And I was talking about that with these teacher trainees and one of them said, wait, yeah, I've actually noticed that you've closed your eyes a lot in class. (laughs) And I'm like, whoa, 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 like, let's back it up. I don't close my eyes a lot. But there are moments when I feel like I'm like fishing for something to say or like I want to have like the the exact words that I want to come out are just not coming out because I'm thinking about all the people in this room that I'm having to guide and be there for in that same moment. So I kind of like close my eyes <laughs> and take myself 
out of that situation for a moment, just at least with no visual distractions. And I'm able to express things a bit easier than if my eyes were open and I was distracted by everything. Now, by no means are my eyes closed the entire class. You can be sure that in my class, you are safe. I am still watching your moves. I'm still making sure everyone's like making sure their bodies are safe. Like you are fine. But there are moments when, yeah, like at the beginning when I have like everyone in their like beginning position and I go through my Dharma talk, I usually have my eyes closed. Usually. Because that's how I connect a little bit more with myself, with who I know who I am or my authentic self that isn't scared of public speaking and isn't scared of being the center of attention as far as like sound in the room. Um, so yeah, it's, it's funny in that way. It's very funny. So especially for me, being up there in front of a class is incredibly terrifying. And in a workshop where you're doing a lot of the talking and presenting, it's, probably just as terrifying if not more because you're probably there for two hours not one so that's a two-hour presentation that you're having to do but anyway it's I would not trade any of this work for anything like I said I am so obsessed with it that any amount of uncomfortability I have being in front of people has like it's an issue obviously but I don't let it affect me to the point where I don't do it because I just, I love this practice so, 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 so much. So anyway, this kind of brings me back to what I really wanted to speak to today, which is this idea of fear. Um, like I've been talking about, and you've probably heard before in prior episodes, I go to therapy. (laughs) I try to go every couple of weeks. Um, when finances hold me back, it's usually once a month, but Uh, my therapist, Meredith, who is wonderful, one of my favorite people in the entire world, she recently got certified to do hypnotherapy. And it's not (laughs) what you think. She doesn't wear a turban. There's no crystal ball. She doesn't wave a yo-yo in front of my freaking face. She does like all these kind of like activities where I have to follow her finger and then I have to stare right in her eye where while she's like says certain stuff I have to like push her hand down it's really interesting the way you get someone into a hypnotic state and it's not like I'm being asked to like squawk like a chicken or anything it's actually when you're in it like you can remember everything like I remember everything that happens in the hypnosis but I it's it's, it feels a lot like you're meditating so if you've ever been in kind of like that floaty flow state that's what this like light hypnotherapy feels like it's pretty cool um so she does these things with me called parts sessions and the way she explains it to me is that we all have these like different parts right we have parts of ourselves that are confident we have parts of ourselves that are um, afraid. We have parts of ourselves that are, uh, have phobias or we have parts of ourselves that are anxious, whatever. And she explains that none of those parts are bad. And in hypnotherapy, we're not asking any of them to go away. We simply want to reshape the parts role in our life so that we can come out of the hypnosis with almost like a changed perspective. 
So let me explain, and I'll try not to go into crazy detail because I'm holding these sessions really close because they have been pretty transform transformational for me. Um, so the one I did just this week, we did a part session for my, I have a big issue with feeling like I'm not enough. Um, not just in like my career, but like in my relationships and my friendships for my family, I just always feel like I'm not enough and that either I could be doing more or there's so much more that I could be doing that I should just give up and not do it at all. And I had a couple of epiphanies after this session when um, Meredith and I talked about like what I said and the stuff that I expressed to her in my hypnosis. And by the way, it's not like you say anything that you wouldn't like normally say. You're just kind of reshaping your subconscious mind. So only 5%, fun fact for you, 5% of your mind is conscious. So the way I'm trying to pick words to say right now, um, some of the thoughts that float across my brain, those are part of your conscious mind. But 95% of your brain activity is subconscious, meaning it's shaped by past experiences, traumas, situations, beliefs, values, and those things essentially, I mean, think about it, 95% of your brain is shaping a majority of your reality. So in the hypnosis, she goes in and basically tries to talk to these quote-unquote parts of me and kind of reframes what my subconscious is thinking or how my subconscious feels, which is kind of cool. It's kind of cool to think about. You like are doing a lot of behind the scenes action <laughs> in order for whatever it is to be at center stage to be a little bit more of what you want it to be. So my big epiphany here was that my feeling of not being good enough is holding me back from even trying. And it's been a real struggle because in order to make it, I mean, in a lot of realms and uh, jobs and stuff, in order to make it, you really have to hustle. And I am a natural hustler. I will do whatever I need to do in order to get by. I will, you know, have a side job or I do this, I do that because I know how much hard work it is to get to where I want to be. And just as of late, especially with this transition from manager to just purely instructor, um, those feelings of not good enough have been pretty apparent. And they've held me back from doing the things that I like to do as far as reading and taking classes and, um, you know, just learning and furthering myself in this field. And instead, I'm like eating a fuck ton of waffles and like just being like, well, there's no point anyway. I'm not going to be good enough for this or that. So why even waste my time or try? And from there, I had the epiphany, oh, it's because I'm scared. It's because I'm scared, dude. And that's a natural feeling. I've really come to embrace myself when I feel that way because it's... It's hard to look into the abyss in front of you and feel hopeful when you have no idea what it is, especially for someone who's so controlling like me. And I, it's a feeling that I'm really working towards like loving a little bit more. 
because I feel like if I can support myself in those times of feeling down or worthless or helpless or whatever, then I can really help to pick myself back up a little faster. I have been pretty open. I'm not sure on here, like on this podcast format, but I've been pretty open like on social media and just like talking to people, uh, my struggles with anxiety and depression. And my big, big, big epiphany from this last hypnotherapy session was it is my fear that is causing my sadness. I mean, I will go, I will be in like a beautiful mood and then I'll think about like my career or my job or what's coming up and get a little scared and then immediately just get sad. (laughs) Like some people, I guess, react with anger. Some react with violence. And a lot of people who especially suffer from like anxiety, like they react with sadness. And it can be sometimes poorly translated as like, oh, I'm just like a depressed person. But really, and another thing I've come to know is that like, or at least like recognize or understand a bit more is that these feelings of sadness are so temporary. And that sounds a little like, duh, like no one is sad. Well, you can't say that, but um, it's not a permanent state of being. No matter how sad I've been sometimes, I mean, Dylan, of course, like my boyfriend will like come in and just like make me laugh and all of a sudden the sadness is gone. But then of course, like it comes back because I'm dramatic and I want to hold on to things like that. Um, But it just proves that that moment of sadness was fleeting. It was gone and it doesn't have to take you over. You can recognize what is causing this sadness and start to work from there in order to help yourself. And that's been my lesson this week is, holy shit, I am so scared of the unknown that I'm making myself sickly sad over it. And who wants to live like that? I mean, not me. I'm, I love laughing. I love life so much. I love everything about it. I just love being a part of being alive. And every morning I wake up and I'm like, oh, thank God, like I'm here again. And I don't want to be sad. So by figuring out what was causing these bouts of sadness, I'm now able to work towards, okay, how can I now eradicate fear from my everyday life? And it's not easily done since I'm so ingrained with that anxiety and fear of the unknown and not being able to control those things. Um, But, you know, baby steps, man. (laughs) Baby steps. One of the books that I've been reading on my walks with Tootsie is a book called Unfuck Your Life, I think it's called. And it's one, just amazing because it's read by or like written by the Scottish dude who then like reads it in the audiobook format. And it's great. So entertaining just for the accent. But he brings up like not like new concepts of self-help and self-love and turning your life around but like he frames them in a way that you kind of start to see what you've been doing to yourself 
when you have negative self-talk or you start to feel hopeless or you're, you know, distracted and you don't want to do this. So you distract yourself with that. Like he really brings it all into focus so you can see it like right out in front of you and you can make the changes you need to make. And one of the big takeaways I got from the chapter I listened to, I think a couple days ago, was that we need to just take action and separate ourselves from the thoughts that we have because we are not our thoughts. Again, 95% of our subconscious mind is creating some of these thoughts and that subconscious mind is not always in our best interest. So we need to learn to separate ourselves from those thoughts while still being able to respect them and take action towards what is going to benefit us in that moment. So those moments where you're sitting at your computer and you see the huge inbox of emails you have and you just think, oh, this is the absolute last thing I want to do. I'm so far behind. I'll never catch up on this. I'll never be able to, you know, get that promotion or do what I want to do because I'll be stuck here fucking answering these emails. What he's saying is take a step back. (laughs) Notice the thoughts that you're having. Notice that they're not serving you and start to answer the emails fucking anyway. (laughs) Because without that action, you're going to be stuck in that dark hole of so much work, not enough time, can't do what I want to do, blah, 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 blah. And that's a very small example. I highly recommend this book. It's a pretty quick read. I think it's only like a small book and in audiobook format, it's only about three hours. So if you do like an hour walk a night or you have like a 20 minute commute, you'll be done pretty quickly. So that's my goal right now. (laughs) My goal is to notice when I'm becoming fearful and being able to separate myself from that fear and act anyway. Because without that action, I get into that deep, dark hole of despair and sadness and depression and knowing it doesn't serve me, why continue to swim in it? I love therapy. <laughs> it's it's helped me tremendously. So anyway, that's what I have for this week for you. If you're scared, act anyway, dude. Just do it. Just fucking go for it. Be unwilling to settle and create or shape the world you want to live in through your thoughts you know, that subconscious brain, if you can find ways to alter it. And even just in your immediate capacity, you know, if you keep thinking, oh, I need to get to that laundry, just fucking do it. Just fucking do it. It'll be so much better once it's out of your framework of mind and you can think about the things that really matter. So anyway, that's it. That's my episode this week. Fuck fear. Do shit anyway. So thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I do have a couple of quick announcements. So please hold on, hold on, hold on. Do not turn me off just yet. My friend Lindsay and I are hosting a yoga retreat in Mexico in March. That's right. A yoga retreat in Mexico, baby, in Baja at the same exact campus. I actually got my yoga teacher training. It's absolutely beautiful. It's on a Mexican beach surrounded by mountains 
and it's one of the most gorgeous places I've ever been. So I'm so excited that Lindsay and I are doing this. So that's in March. If you want any details on that, you can reach out to me on Instagram at Julia Salami or email me. You can email me from my Instagram page. I'm also uh, teaching at the Yoga Expo, duh, in Fort Lauderdale in January. So please come see me there. And if anything, if you just want to reach out and say hi and what's up and share any other techniques that you have or books that you love, like let's start like a book recommendation list because I am, I'm fucking on it, dude. Let's connect in that way. Yeah. Okay, cool. (laughs) So thank you for listening and I will see you here again next week. Oh, and have a happy Thanksgiving. I love you. Have a very happy and wonderful Thanksgiving. Okay. Love you. Bye.